did, we went through a lot of things together. He was a, he was a great. Did, did Tommy great, have great any guy. kind of relationship with Carmen no, at all? No, none at all. Tommy was uh, close with a, with a guy named Bruno. Bruno. Yeah, I know Bruno. Everybody yeah, knows yeah, Bruno. Yeah. Bruno's a, uh, my. my you I know, mean, you're talking about Bruno and Mary Kathy Burke. Is it? Uh, and Delgado. And Delgado. Bruno, I knew Bruno, and I got. I mean, you got to remember now. I knew him from a different perspective. Bruno was another stellar guy. Bruno's another guy with his words like a rock. Well, I, I, I don't have Solid anything, like a rock. anything negative ever to say about Bruno, actually. He's a good guy uh, in prisons. He's a, he's a tough guy on the street. He was a tough guy, uh, a maniac. Uh, he could get his a little, father was, yeah, know, he could he get a little crazy saying. when he partied and, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, well, listen, everybody's got faults somewhere. I love right. when, you know, we're street guys, so when guys tell me, oh, this guy got, uh, come on, most of the guys do. I talk about Anthony Rouge, like, you know, we talk right. about that all the time. Right. I says, what do you think, anybody's an angel when that door closes? Right. Right. So that's part of the street, whether you overdo it or not, that's their personal thing, but as a, as a, as a street guy, when I used as to a gangster, Bruno's a gangster. When I used to sit with Bruno in his place called the My Way Lounge, yeah. I don't know if you know yeah, that, on Avenue U on yeah. the corner, what a good guy. I, mean, he's well, right, I talk no, about having you all to you because that's where I was based with Willie Boy. I am Willie Boy, yeah, right. And you know, Tommy hit him, so you know, and not that. Listen, the Indian, yeah, and you know, listen, that's the life. You know, uh, you know, you you do the wrong thing, anything, something like that. It's a sorrowful thing. And, well, that's again back to but the that's kids. Back that's to why the... we tell the kids the treachery in his well, life, and you make one mistake to the left or to the right. There is no, you know, I'm sorry, I only talked to the feds once. And I didn't what did Tommy it. say in the courtroom to the guy? I don't that, know. that was ratting him out, that that was understand. He goes, hey, now you want to be a crybaby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He I goes, all you had to do, this is the life you got in, and you shouldn't have got in if you want to get in. And he was telling the truth. See, I tried to calm Tommy down many, many times. I used to have talks with him. Because I told you, we were like two brothers. Yeah. And I knew where we was going, yeah. and I was worried about him. And that's why eventually I kind of, you know, our paths separated. And then, you know, I, Tommy, with me, he he looked at me because, you know, sometimes I would get a little fresh with him, nasty with him sometimes because I was annoyed with him. But Tommy, you know, he could hurt you at any time. Yeah. But he, he, me and him had a relationship that was unlike, I think, any anything he had ever yeah. or ever again. Well, that, again, so he only know. He only had John, excuse me. He only had a very small circle of people. Tommy either loved you or or hated you or was just neutral, didn't have any feelings about anything. He, I know he had feelings for me, cared about me. He loved his mother, his father, his sister, his uncle. These are the people that I knew at the time, his, his niece. And he loved, loved Celeste, yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah. I knew Tommy before he knew Celeste. You know, yeah. LaParry. Yeah, I know. And, and we laughed because my family and my father come from LaParry, Sicily. Listen, we used to, we used to he, get around he, he was He was sitting from another seat than I was. I'm driving a different car than him. So, you know, when my friend loses his life at a young age, and I'm talking about Greg Ryder, people know I speak about it. His father's doing life. And, you know, he was like my brother. I love the guy. So my belief has always been that he was behind that. So I don't, I, I can never have the same feeling. I understand what you're saying, and right. people hear me say it all the time, I respect my enemies, because in my my eyes, he became my enemy when I lost my friends, my friend got killed. So that perspective and the perspective of, I have a standard of not killing a woman. So, you know, he has his standard of why he did it, and I guess, like you said, God's going to judge both of us John, wherever we did. John, on a personal level, I'm like you. I have boundaries, how, how I would think if that was my world. 
everybody's different. But my my feeling about you, because I'm here with you for the first time, yeah. you're a man in your own right. Thank you. And I respect that. No, I, I look in your eyes. That's all I got to do with a guy that I know yeah. right away what he's about. I know he's a phony. Right. I know he's a character. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a wannabe or he's a real man. Because it, the thing that makes a man a man, in my estimation, is how you treat other people. Do you keep your word? Right. Is your handshake? Money don't mean shit to me. No. Nothing. Power means nothing to me. What means to help means something to me. Right. Family means something to me. And my relationships with other men, men, because today they're trying to take men down. Yeah. They don't want men. They don't want families to be to go ahead. There's an element in the world today that's really trying to destroy all that. And that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, that's another You know I get into the this but, stuff. But I feel you, John. I know yeah. where you're at. You're in a certain Zandra. You got to be a certain way. And well, you, gotta, here's and you I, get and teams developed. Well, here, here's how I want to be. Here, here's, here's, and guys that are here know what I want. I want guys like your son not to follow my footsteps or Tommy's footsteps because it's a dead end. You're going to suffer. You're well, going to you, your what, life. What you're not going to enjoy your life. What do you so think that's my, my That's my agenda. There's only one thing I tell people all the time. Oh. I, I don't get, I don't know agenda. I can push him into the street or talk, right. you know, grandeur about the street, but I'll be a liar. Listen, Anybody who's from the street knows what it is. Carmine, Carmine was grooming me if I wanted to go that route. Right. And I basically let him know that that wasn't what I wanted. Well, if you wanted to, you would be sitting here straightened out Running a family, honestly, if Tommy, that's what you wanted. But you didn't want that life, and I, I respect that. Tommy wanted to start a sixth family with me. Right. I know about that. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. Tommy was a wild gun. Yeah. I said, Tommy, we'll be dead in, in a few months, or maybe less. Yeah. I said, you got to be out of here. Are you out of your mind? Are you sick? This is the, way I talk, the way I'm talking to you is the way me and Tommy used to talk to each well, other. Well, that's why he liked you, because you did talk straight, not the bullshit. I said, no, I said to him, talk. and I said, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. And I mean, I love you, Tommy, but you're out of your fucking mind. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I would never take that right. Tommy, we'll be dead. And he said, what would you? He said, no, no, just you, me, and a couple crazy guys. We'll, we, we, we can make our own family. This is how Tommy, how he was. Yeah. He, he, Tommy lived, lived to be made. Yeah. And I knew that once he got made, that was the beginning of his demise. Because he loved it too much. It was his God. That's all he wanted. He didn't know how to go into something more academically, more more intelligently, more more subdued. Well, when I, he went into something, he went like a wild he, man. He is without a without thinking. You, you got to remember something, and I and I've said this on the show recently, and I said it to my friend over here. Mm -hmm. There's a killer, there's a murderer, and there's a serial killer. I looked at myself mm -hmm. as a killer. A murderer is somebody that runs in, he robs a store, and he just kills them. Tommy took it to a gun. new level, John. And then you have where I look at guys, and I consider them serial killers because they're killing randomly, they're chopping up bodies. Mm -hmm. It ain't for me. And I'm not going to judge somebody else because these are just the way I look, my perspective of the life. You had some conscience about I, things I and guidelines. I had a barometer of who, what, I, what I would do. Right. I would never kill a cop. I never robbed. I never did an armed robbery right. of an armored car because I wasn't willing to. And see that how guy. see how you talk. You're honest about yeah. who you are. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing. Well, for you got to be secure if you're going to lead guys. You know, I was on the street leading guys, right. and I would tell guys, "You rob something, and you kill somebody in that robbery. I'm going to kill." And you. you didn't just cherish guts. No. You cherish a guy for his honesty and his work. Yeah, you want a real guy with you, right? You know, and, and and you know, you know, in, on these shows too, I talk about friends of mine that weren't gangsters. 
There were guys like you that knew everybody, didn't want to follow that life. Tough guys didn't have even got to a fist fight in their life. I'll tell you what but I told. I respect them as men. I'll tell you what I told Bruno when I had to sit down with Bruno, talk to him because I was out looking after to help me out with something. And it's pardon me. And he said to me, and I That's said to want him, the merit. You remember what the merit, right? <laughs> I said, Bruno, I said, I'm not, I'm not in that lifestyle, but I'm going to defend myself and my family. And Bruno looked at me and he, he liked what I said to him because he knew I was being honest with him. Because I, I, I could be a tough guy if I have to be. Well, you're a big guy. You're not I'm a little a, guy. I put no. my hand, we shook hands before and my hand was like this big no, in your hand. So, no, I, you know, we, I was known to be a pretty good hand guy, yeah. a street guy in the street with my hands. And I had a couple altercations. One of them was in the Grotto Doro defending Carmine. Okay. That's another story we could talk yeah. about. But the thing is that I never really went that route. But if I have to defend myself, anyway, either with pieces, my hands, I'll do what I have to do. Right. I'm not scared that way. Right. Well, you but grew I'm, up in the, in the street like that, so it's it's natural to no, you, I'm, too. You I, just didn't chose that path. There's I don't want to say something I am yeah, that I'm I not. Know. I know. But I will say that I can step up to the plate as a man if I have to. Yeah. And that's all I could put. And I told Bruno that. Bruno, I have to put Bruno in this. Bruno's a stand-up guy's word is like a diamond. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he, I was lucky that being around whoever was around, these guys kept their word. Well, he was raised in the life through his father. And we know his father, and his father taught him right. And we're men. His, uh, men. His father was a man, too. And, you know, so they, they, the upbringing in this world, whether you're against it or not, is he was brought up in this world as an A student. You right. Know? So, and he didn't fake his way through like some guys do. I always stayed very low-key, John. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever talked in 67 years to anybody. Only came to your show. Why? Because I, for my son. Right. Because I wanted to show my son a little bit of what the past was about. Right. And how it was. And like I said, you know, that's one of the things that uh, that means something to me. Keeping your word and doing what you got to do. And to me, I respect that. I have a question for you. What What do you think made uh, Tommy go south, if you will, or get addicted to that? So life? here we go. We're going to go back to the conversation we had in his bed. Everything I'm telling you is not exaggerated. It's the truth. Because I wouldn't come out here and give you any baloney. We sat on his bed, and I said, Tommy... The, uh, the conversation was like yesterday, John. I said, Tommy, why did you go evil? Just what I said to you. Why did you turn evil? Why? Why, why did you stay good? How old were you at the time? 25. Okay. And, he, and he, we, we talked about a lot of things. And he says to me, well, I'm going to tell you something, Vic. I mean, he, I saw the hurt in him. I actually saw the hurt in him. I don't know if you noticed, Tommy was a small guy when he was young. Yeah, yeah, he was a big guy. My brother-in-law, my first wife, who's from Bensonhurst, went to school with him. So he kind of filled me in with the background of Tommy. Tommy would be in fights all the time at school and get beat up. But he would go down with the ship. He would be down fighting. He would never give in. And he would never relent. But he would, even if he got beat up, he would still fight to the last second. He had guts, amazing guts. But he probably didn't know how to fight and his size. So he told me, and this is verbatim almost, he goes, Vic, he goes, I got beat up a lot. Then I come home and my father beat me up for getting beat up. So he constantly got beat up. No, but this is how yeah, this kind of personalities form. I know. So he says, I'm laughing because my father would do the same. Does anybody thing. know here that Tommy was an altar boy? Yeah, I do know. Okay. 
So Tommy was an altar boy. Well, you know that you know him then. You yeah, know I know enough about, about it. Well, because Franco was his good friend, and okay. and I knew him. Franco, you, and you, and I knew the guys that were around. You know, I knew does Franco I knew was, Skipper, and I knew different guys. Does Franco, you know, what his favorite drink was? No, I don't remember if he told me. If Martell. Remember that you got that from me. What is that, Martell? It's a brandy. Oh, okay. Tommy's favorite drink. Do you know what his favorite food was? Not many guys are going to tell you what I'm telling you because I told you we were like this. Razorback clams from the North Shore of Long Island was his favorite delicacy. Tommy loved, and he loved Japanese food. Yeah, I know. And Asian food. That, that I know. Yeah. So we could get back to that later. I could tell you all the times. Did you know Tommy had a crew of uh, tongs under him? No, I didn't know That's that. That's right. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of things that nobody knows. Yeah. We sat on that bed, John, and I asked him, and I said, Tommy, he goes, well, I'll tell you, Vic, I was an altar boy. I said, Tommy, you were an altar boy? He says, I used to have all the saints on top of my dresser right there. He showed me his dresser. He had the saints. I said, well, what happened? He goes, well, I used to get beat up, and I used to pray and pray and pray, and nobody answered. And then I flipped. Yeah. And that's how it happened. It's his words. I mean, I'll listen. Tell you exactly the way he says. Listen, I was always, I was another guy who struggled with God for a long time. And, you know, most guys find him in jail. I didn't. I found him when I came home. And, uh, I, and, you know, I, and I say in a different way, I changed my flip on back to the good side because I believe I'm alive and I should be dead for how many times people try to kill me. Mm -hmm. and, and there's another incident. I think what you're trying to point out, John, you have something about your nature that's good. And that's what probably God I, saw in you. I think we all got something with our nature that's good. And I think we lose it sometimes. Some more than others. Yeah, and I think we lose it. And I think if they get in, somebody, the right person, gets in your ear and tries to help you along. Of course. And there's the article with Forbes with Dave Gentile. He's one of the guys that helped me mm -hmm. along through my struggles. And, you know, every day is a struggle. I won't say anything different. Of I tell people. But, you know, going back, Tommy yeah. had... And, and I don't well, that's one of the reasons why we age, to try to, try to become more wiser. Yeah. I mean, listen, five guys tried to hit me outside my property I talked about. They were Mexican. Tommy had a big connection with Mexicans. So I always thought that he was behind it. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. That's just part of the life. And what happened, happened at, at that property. Um, and, you know, I guess I'll never know the truth behind that because it's not like one day he's going to say, okay, I was behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and I take it with a grain of salt, too, because that's just part of it. It doesn't matter where it came from. You know, we I, lived that life. I left out an important, important feature of, of my discussion about Tommy and Carmine. I knew another guy that I grew up with. I know him since I was about 18 years old, 17, 18. And he's a beautiful, beautiful guy. And I'm going to tell you who he is. Personal friend of mine. He was nothing but good to me. And I wound up befriending Carmine because we just seemed to fall into place together. But this is my real friend from the beginning, how I got to know a lot of people. I don't know if you know the name, the Clemenzas from, from Canarsie, yeah. where they were in Mill Basin. And I was in Mill Basin too. But my friend was Jerry Clemenza. Okay. Jerry Clemenza, well, wonderful guy, educated, smart, handsome guy, my age. Right. Jerry was a prima guy. His father was my father's best friend, Jimmy Clemenza. And I knew Jimmy too. Yeah, Jimmy. I didn't know. I know all of them, but well, I, don't know I, want them. I have no personal relationship. I want you to know about them because yeah. if you have any respect for what I say, I'm telling you about really good guys. Jimmy Clemenza was a, also a known guy. He was Jerry's father and his Anthony. Two beautiful guys, my close friends. Jerry stood up for me in the past, helped me when I needed him, personal level. 
uh, family issues came up, Jerry was there for me. I, I, I love Jerry. There's nothing, nothing I can say about Jerry. Jerry Clemens is a stand-up man. His brother Anthony, another prima guy. These are friends of mine from childhood, from when I was very young. But I want you to know that those are the guys that I knew from square one. Yeah. I used, we used to eat flapper chevy. We'd eat the luncheonettes together. These are great people. I'm just going to leave it like that. Yeah. But these are good friends. That's where I kind of like started my friendships. And Tommy was around all these people too in yeah. the beginning. But then Tommy, like I said, he was a wild gun. And he wanted to go his own way and do his own thing. And uh, that's how he just did what he had to do. What's it, what's it like to, you know, to see a guy that at that point is one of your best friends, it seems, um, you know, be a killer or, you know, well, let I think me, for a lot of people, that it's always fascinating from a psychological perspective. Well, let me say this to you. I'm not his judge and jury. That's God's problem or his problem, not God's problem, his problem. I only could tell you what I knew about me and my relationship with him. Again, we hung out. We went dancing together. We hung out at bars. We hung out at Joe's Bar on Avenue U. You know Joe's Bar. Yeah. We would go in there. He says, come on. Come, come on. I want to go inside with you. That's how Tommy That's how he talk. talked. Yeah, he talked with her. He goes, <laughs> That's what Tommy's talk. That's how Tommy yeah, yeah, was. Like a, yeah. Did you ever see Tommy? He a strange voice. When he did you ever see the size of Tommy's forearms yeah. from, his, from his kung fu yeah. and his karate? Yeah. Guy was a tough guy, and he could fight. Don't let anybody fool you. This guy was a master fighter hand-to-hand. Yeah. Don't let anybody fool you. This guy knew his stuff. And I know from, from reasons. But anyway, uh, he took me into Joe's bar. We sat down. It's a little funny story. So we're sitting inside, and Joe you know, it was a pizza place with a bar. Everybody hung out yeah. there, right, yeah. uh, John? So all of a sudden, he goes, I want you to take you, get you something really good to eat you never had before. I said, well, give me, give me a slice. No, 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 no slices. So I hear pop, pop in the oven. It was Gabuzel. He was trying to feed me lamb's head, calf's head, whatever it was. I said, get the fuck out of here. Give me a slice of pizza. Hey, you want and he's lamb. popping the eyeballs I, in his but mouth. But I'm going to tell you something. John, Because I'm Albanian. The, John, we, John, we John I know, that. I know. John, the Italian Sicilians yeah, do too. Yeah, yeah. So he's popping the eyeballs in his mouth. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. He goes, mmm, it's good. When I'm, when I'm all over Europe, when I'm in Albania, they pull over the side mm. of the road on, you know, farms. Sicilians and too. Fresh. And they chop off, you know, you want chicken, they chop the, you know, I'm like, come let on, me, man, let what, me, are you going to kill a cow now? You know, so, you know, I get used to eating like that because of, you know, my heritage. From the Albanians I know, the Albanian men that I know, and I know a few, yeah. the Albanian men, and this is from a Sicilian, and I bought you some pictures. Do we have those pictures? They'll be put, yeah. they'll be put up in there. All right, well, in those pictures, and we could go through the pictures in a little while, in those pictures are my family from Sicily. Right. You see, no, the whole paternal family crook, because right. we're directly come from Lapari, Sicily, which is an island off the coast of Sicily. And before that, our original spot was called, my last name is Paterno, and is in a, a town in, in Sicily, just like in a movie, The Godfather One. Right. It's called Paterno, that's the name of the town. And it's connected to Corleone. Yeah, Corleone. Remember Don Corleone? Yeah, sure. Well, he probably got that name from, from Corleone yeah, to town yeah, I know because that's town. the hub of the mafia yeah, yeah. in Sicily. Yeah. And that's where my, my roots are from, right from there, my father's roots. And I go back and forth. I have a house there and I have a mausoleum there that my father left. So, you know, this is this is, this is about what it's about. Quick quick question. Oh, oh my point being, I, I, I completely want to... Albanian men are very similar to Sicilian men. They think a lot alike. They act a lot alike. Their word means something. 
They look into a guy's soul, like Sicilian guys. See, people say, what's most special about Sicilians? The black Italians. We got to put up with that for a long time. And the reason being, we're near Northern Africa. That's why they make fun of the Sicilians. But in all truth, the Sicilians are admired by all, not only by the, the mob families, but by all people, because we're a combination of Arabic, Greek, and Roman. That's what really the Sicilians are. And that's why, but I just want to say, the Albanian guys, those are stand-up guys. They're tough guys. The ones that I know, they don't fool around either. No, they, they, it's, you know, we got a thing that, you know, our author of our books, I got a new book coming out called Death Haven. Uh, Lou Romano's doing the book. He's also doing Gene's book. And, uh, you know, he does a book about the Italian, it's a fiction book, but he does it about the Italian mafia and the Albanian mafia and, and uh, what we call Bessa. I don't know if you know it also that uh, Carmine, when I, as I talked a lot with Carmine like I did with Tommy, we were very close. Carmine was not happy about what happened with Paul Castellano. Well, anybody that was involved, and, and he was very, I mean, he was close with the Paul. old, the old time gangsters, they, they weren't happy with it. And, you know, uh, you know, he was very close with Paul. Yeah, I know, of course. And, uh, you know, it's, listen, again, you know, history is going to dictate. They don't like that kind no, of No, but history is going to dictate uh, what happened with Paul, uh, some of the stuff that we're talking about now. And, you know, the perspective of, what we believe in in the street is 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 one thing, but the perspective I'm trying to pass is not what we believe is right or wrong in the mob world, but what is right or right or wrong for us to teach the young kids mm -hmm. and the young adults to to follow my old path or you know like him. How old are you now? Twenty one. He's twenty one. So you're talking about an age of twenty five. Realistically speaking, he could go that same path that Tommy did at that age. Absolutely. And people say, ah, no way. Oh, no, yeah, it, it's a gentle walk. If I wanted to take them down that road, I can actually start bringing them down that road in, in a different way. And people say, ah, he's never going to do that. Not knowingly, he might not do it. But if you slowly take him down that dance, he will learn that step. Well, you know what I would tell a guy like him? The government's always one step ahead. See, the mafia, they didn't, but his, but his parents are two steps ahead. They're raising him pretty smart. Good. He's educated. He's don't got a good. But generally, I'm saying, I'm yeah. using you as an example. No, I know you. I'm teaching. But, but generally, you're funny, John. <laughs> but generally speaking, the, the, the government's always one step ahead. They are. The mafia never psychologically grew. Paul tried to do that, and he paid the price. They say he got greedy, he got that. That's not for me to say. I don't know. All I do know is that that's why I told you the drugs was a downfall. And if you get too violent, get too crazy, try to break the system from within the system, you're on a dead-end road. Because you're going to want to better in jail. That's what's going to happen. If you're honorable like the old-timers were, because I never went anybody near anybody unless it was an old-timer. Tommy was the exception because I met him at a young age and we just grew together. But I used my common sense and I made my own direction. I don't let anybody make a direction for me. I'm sorry, you were going to say But going something. back to, to John's point, um, because that is obviously the, the main message of the show, um, what I'm curious about for you and what I think is, is remarkable and impressive is that you were, you know, people did try to lure you in. You had friends that were in the mafia, but you never got fully involved in that regard. 
how do you want to know how what kept well, me well in yeah check? I, want, well, I want to know well that so and excellent, also excellent question. that and also you know for the kids out there that are listening you know who are struggling with that or have, or have friends or um, family that are trying to bring them in how they you know they could look at someone like you and, and say say no honestly speaking I had a good bloodline my father I had a, he was my idol my father I'm not gonna lie to you my father was my you know the big guy to me and the common sense and learning in the street, and I use everything as a learning experience. I was a baby of four. So since I'm a baby, all I did was watch the other four. And it was like a school for me to learn to watch. And luckily, I was blessed. It has a lot to do with your nature. Your nature has a lot to do with it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm no saint. We could go into a whole bunch of things that I've done, and I, I'm not going to do that. But I'm trying to say that you got to use your common sense. But you had good role models. And you have a good role model. My father was my role model. A lot of the kids don't have that role model. A lot of them don't have that role And then they try to find one. Tommy was trying to find one. And that's why he was. That's would, why I said sometimes if you get somebody else to. You to said it right, you, John. You and, said you know, right. my role models were Fat Andy Ruggiano, John Gotti, uh, Little Al, you know, big time wise guys that, you know, I was raised since I'm a kid with. See, I studied all these guys when I was young. Why did I meet Carmine? I want the audience to know. Do you know how I met Carmine? I was sitting on my porch reading a newspaper about Carmine. And I read about his background and about his... And Like I said, when you're in Brooklyn, you got to be around somebody. Now, I just lost my father, and I knew I lost a big person because he was very powerful. He was powerful with the politicians. We had a cousin in the Vatican. I mean, he did favors for all, everybody. And that's who they all came to. But when I read about Carmine, I said, this guy, he's got the spot. And he's got the reputation. And he's got the reputation of being a man. And I told him he was old school. And I went out and I asked Tommy to introduce me to him. And that's how I began my relationship with Carmine. I picked and, to answer your question, I picked and choose. Then when I saw with Tommy where he was going, I started to worry, not only for me, I worried for him too. And I just have talks with him. You can't do this. Why are you going to do that? Don't do this. Don't do that. Tommy listened to me. He actually looked up to me like a brother. That's why I tell you we're like brothers. But Tommy had his own the way of doing things. He had his own upbringing. He had his own experiences in life. And that's where he wanted to go. There's nothing that mattered the world to Tommy when he was young except to be made. What do you think is... And, and to, end it, to end your question, I knew where I wanted to go in life. I made a lot of mistakes. But I knew that I, I, I wanted to go the business route. I wanted to have some position. But I did not want to wind up away from my family in the can and possibly dead. And that's one of the reasons. I, I'm, I'm telling you how I reasoned. I've got, you asked me an honest question, I'm giving you an honest answer. Now, everybody's different. Don't get me wrong. I was ready to defend myself if I had a problem. And I could, and I have. But the thing is this, is that when you act like a man and you think like a man, you're going to wind up usually on the right side of things. Even if you're in that world and you deal in that way, if you're a stand-up guy and your reputation, I made sure my reputation was right. And this way nobody can ever say, this guy's a piece of shit, this guy's that. They could say to him, oh, he's just a, he's a regular guy, he's not a wise guy, this, that. But nobody could, but they said I had balls. 
And that's what you want. You want people to know you have balls and your word is good. And you're not going to go out and hurt people on purpose. Well, if you didn't, I don't think Tommy would have had your stain when they got close to him. So he, as nice as you want to be, he right. knew you were a pretty tough guy. He right. wouldn't be next to him. Right. He's not going to leave just let somebody next to him. That's, that's I was not. reasonable, John. I was reasonable. Yeah. I was fair. And people knew that I had a good side to me that I like to be good to people. I could have told you in the beginning of this conversation, money don't mean shit to me. And it doesn't. Most guys in the world, that love money. And I understand that. I like money. I've had it. But I don't love it. I like relationships. I like people. And I like being good to people because I believe in karma. Whatever you send out, you're just going to come back. And it'll come back to you twofold. So you got to be careful. Let me ask you a question. There was something you wanted to announce or you were going to say something about Oh, yeah. This is, a, this is a very important thing. On your show, like I said, I've never done a show in my life or ever talked about any of this in my lifetime. But now I'm going to say something to you because my son thinks the world of you. Thank you. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go. And he's a stand-up guy, my son, too. And that's one of the things that I do want to say. That when it comes to my family, I'm a retired guy now. But anybody ever threatens my family, whether it's my sons, my daughters, whatever, anybody in my family, you see I'll be back in action again. Well, you know what I said? I just got to jump in before you make and, that and announcement. I'm, and I'm going to answer your question. I did a, a talk at a school, and there was PTA there, Parent Teachers Association meeting. And a woman didn't take well to some of the things I was saying. And I asked her to stand. And she didn't want to stand, and finally she stood. And I said, I'm going to ask you a simple question because I think killing's in the nature of anybody, man or woman. And she said, I don't agree with you. I says, well, I didn't get to my question yet. And I'm going to follow up mm -hmm. what you just said. I said, if somebody tried to hurt one of your children here, would you kill them if you had to stop them? And she looked at me, and she finally smiled. And she goes, OK, I know where you're going. I says, there's always a point when someone's willing to take somebody's life. It's just a matter of where that point is. And I don't think there's a human being alive that doesn't want to protect their children. So when you say that's very natural, anybody that loves their family and their kids have that same belief. And anybody that's stupid enough to say, well, this guy's not a street guy. You don't need to be a street guy to protect your family. Right. So I know exactly what you're saying. And, you know, and, and most people, there's not too many people who won't respect that including all kinds of law enforcement or anybody else. People want to protect their family. You're not looking for trouble, so don't bring me no See, trouble. John, I agree. John, my point is this. When you're a man, and a man knows what a man is, just like a man knows what the truth is. If you're truthful, if you hold your word is good, that'll get on the outside. Yeah. And people will know, don't get me wrong, you got a lot of scum, a lot of, a lot of low lives out there. I'm not stupid. I know what's out there. But amongst, and I had this conversation with Carmine Lombardozzi. When you're a man, you're going to be known as a man. And yeah. people are going to respect you for being that way. And if they know that you're a stand-up guy, and you're not a character, you're not going to sneak and that, but your word and your, your character, it'll get out there sooner or later. And you'll get respect from even your adversaries. Yeah. yeah. So what's that announcement? I'm curious the now, too. The announcement is that... I think I'm going to reach out to Tommy or have someone reach out to Tommy and ask him if he's interested in doing a movie deal about himself, his life story. I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know how he's going to respond. 
But I think after all this time, enough time has passed, where maybe I'm going to approach him to talk about it and see how he feels. And to see how he is. Yeah. Because, like I told you, I'm a low-key guy. I mind my business. I do my own thing in my own life. And Tommy did his thing. And uh, But, you know, we did have a good relationship, and we had a very close relationship. And I know he would receive me well because we, we, had, we had a love for each other. If you write him a letter, I know being an inmate for so many years, when you get those letters, well, it means a lot to a guy inside. Of course. So especially you had a f special relationship with him, I would write him a letter. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And to, to wrap things up, if you, I guess, if you were to write that, that letter or if you were in the room here right now, what would you, what would you say to him? Well, first of all, I, I, would, I would say, Tommy, um, I hope I, I could find you well. Uh, it's been a lot of years. Uh, it, there's a lot of tension over the years uh, as far as society goes, and, and and that's why you haven't heard from me ever, but I've always had you on my mind. I always prayed for you, which I have. And I, I know you've gone through a lot, and, 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 and there's a lot of things that, that are unanswered and, and the question marks, but that's not for me to get involved with. I just know you as like being a brother to me at the time, and my, your welfare means a lot to me, and I always thought about you, care about you. And uh, it would be nice to talk again. And uh, I hope we could continue having this conversation because I know you're in a place where it's really not easy to talk to people. Every show I try to give a shout-out to somebody, and somebody got in touch with me and my kids. Uh, Paulie, uh, you're out there doing good work teaching and positive messages. So, Paulie, my son's friend, I just wanted to give you a shout-out for the positive work you're trying to do and messages to kids out there. And uh, so today's you're the chosen one for the for the props beautiful well uh victor it was a pleasure to uh to have you on to to hear your your story and 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 your side of tommy's story of course and um you know we we appreciate you taking the time and thanks, tommy if thanks. you hear this or you see this which you might i love you and i never stop loving you thank you my really pleasure nice. my beautiful pleasure. really nice to have you